great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Right out the gate, we are starting with a guest, and we'll get to other topics, but this is one that is important because we are all demanding reform out of Albany and demanding that Governor Hochul change, for example, cash bail. But the truth is, to a large degree, her hands are completely tied. With us, political expert consultant Hank Scheinkoff. Good morning to you, sir. How you doing, Dominic? Good morning to all your listeners. I'm I'm doing well, thank you. And so the headline, the the uh, the bullet line, if you will, New York Democrats deny Hector LaSalle's nomination to be the state's top judge after he defends uh, his record during the confirmation hearing. So explain, Mr. Scheinkoff, why is this important, and and is this big trouble for Governor Hochul? It, it is very big trouble for Governor Hochul, and it's very big trouble for the state. This is a battle about the progressives on one side and the leadership of the chambers, both chambers of the legislature, not wanting to take them on. And it, it's often what happens, Dominic, when you have one-party control, you tend to have factionalism, and that's what the, the so-called progressives are. They're factional. They're factions. They're like the reformed Democrats were to the regular Democrats 50 years ago. So this chaos is going to act itself out, and now the leaders of the legislature are going to be very paralyzed because they're going to worry about losing their sinecures, the jobs that they got, which are very good because the progressives have now grown, and the rejection of the LaSalle nomination has given the progressives, frankly, much more power that they shouldn't have. But Hank Scheinkoff, this has been a stacked deck on Judge LaSalle from the beginning. The progressives adding, what, three members to this committee to, to make sure right. they had the vote to to, uh, to sail his nomination? Well, why have democracy when you can fix it? There's no difference between that fix and the fix that anybody else would do. I mean, what the beautiful thing about progressives and reformers are is that the reforms always tend to have an upper-class bias. And here's a case where a, a qualified Latino was told to take a hike by a bunch of people who think they know better than, than everybody else. They did the same thing to Herman Badillo in 1969 and 73 when he ran for mayor. They've done the same thing to other Latinos. This is the beginning of the end of Latinos in the Democratic Party in New York State. And you can rest assured that come two years down the road or a year down the road from now, when we have state Senate elections and locations where you have Latinos, they're going to remember this and they're going to be reminded of it. So it is your opinion, Hank Scheinkoff, the Latino community will not take too well to this. Well, I don't think they're going to take too well to it. I don't think what the other thing is, I had a conversation with, with someone I know for many, many decades who's a reformer and a great progressive. And I said, you're all upset about Judge LaSalle. But what are you going to do when the rest of the state clears out? Because it's not that people are going to say, I'm leaving because Judge LaSalle was rejected. What they're going to say is, I'm leaving because something happened that's crazy. That a qualified guy that people didn't agree with politically on some particular cases 
should be tossed out the window with, rather than look at his entire record. It's it, it's, it, it is nuts, and it sounds like it was a power play, that the progressives were telling the governor, no, Madam Governor, we run this state. Is that accurate? Well, it's worse than that. This is an attempt to undo once and for all the imperial governorship or the strong governor of an Andrew Cuomo and Elliot Spitzer. Uh, and David Patterson said he wasn't there long enough to exert the kind of power needed, but certainly Spitzer, certainly Cuomo, certainly Pataki, to undo that once and for all and to have the legislature take control of the entire state. And the legislature now would be dominated by so-called progressives. Now, this is a warning to Carl Hasty. That in his own chamber, the progressives have now been empowered. There will likely be more of them, and he could be next on the chopping block. Interesting. So what, what, what I also find interesting about this, and, and folks, we are talking about the fact that New York Democrats up in Albany denied Judge Hector LaSalle his nomination uh, 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 put up by Governor Hochul to be the state's top judge and uh, Democrats did this to a fellow Democratic governor. And you know, Hank Scheinkoff, political consultant, what, what does that say, Hank? I mean, the Democrats doing in Democrats now. Well, it doesn't matter because they're really not interested in party. They're interested in faction. You know, Kathy Hochul is going to get her get even. Why? Because she's from Buffalo. She was doing politics in a more tough place than most of these guys have ever had, the guys, in their lives. We're talking about people who put, haven't put a callus on their hands overall, who have no clue what it means to sweat, struggle, or go through any, any crisis. That's what we're talking about is not running our politics. They don't like blue-collar white people, men, and they really don't like anybody that disagrees with them, and they think they can colonize people. That's their basic operating style. That's who we're dealing with. Do you really believe that people are going to say, oh, please, do some more to me. Raise my taxes. Make it impossible for me to live. Tell me that I don't need police protection. Tell me that we can have people urinating and defecating on the streets, and that's okay. Do you think they're going to like that? No, I don't. That's where we're and, going. And, that's where we're going. And, and Hank, Hank Scheinkoff, I, I, I have to be honest with you. Uh, you and I are always uh, straight with each other. These far-left Democrats are scaring the hell out of me in terms of their policies across the country. And, and the no, question is, what's next? They're dangerous people because they don't understand what it means. When they, let me tell you, they're gonna ha- someone's gonna have to pay the price for all this. Who's gonna pay for it? Not just financially. The idiocy of the seventies was that people, when we had the last fiscal crisis of consequence, was that somehow everybody would have to stay in New York and they'd be ha- more than happy to stay here and pay for whatever the Democrats and the lefties wanted to. It's not. They're not going to. This Hector LaSalle thing is dynamite because it begins to shear off portions of the population that won't take it anymore. They won't know it's about LaSalle. The Latinos will. You know, people don't look at voting numbers. If you look at Trump's numbers in the 20, in the, was it the, 19, the 2016 election? Was that right? Yeah. Um, what you saw was significant numbers based upon voter turnout, a population in the South Bronx voting for Trump. What do people think? This is an aberration. The largest growing group on Long Island, right? Probably Latinos of all kinds. What did they do? Did they vote for Democrats this past fall? No, they did not. What's the message here? The message is we are about to be plagued by a group of people who think that they can solve all the problems because they're smarter than the rest of us. I met those guys 40 years ago when I first started my career. I thought they were elitist, elitist then. I thought they didn't understand black people or working people at all, and I still feel the same way. Nothing's changed. The only difference is now we have a new collection of them. 
they're going to turn the place into what it what we don't want it to be. The state senate has never rejected a governor's pick for chief judge since the current nomination system has been in place since the 1970s. Does that say right. it all? It says that we should go back to electing judges and tell the politicians to get their hands off our court system. And it should also tell you that these guys think they're the law. Well, if they're the law, let them go in the streets and do what the cops want to do but can't do because bail reform says to a cop, why bother? The guy will be back on the street with a gun, if it was a gun collar in the next you know day or so. I, mean, I close this way, Hank Scheinkoff. If Governor Hochul uh, called you uh, this morning and hired you, how would you advise her to proceed with this process? Shear off the shear off New York City suburbs. Shear off thirty percent or forty percent of Queens, maybe fifty percent of Queens. Shear off twenty percent or twenty five percent of Brooklyn, and about five percent of the Bronx. Create a constituency out of that. Create a pact with the more conservative parts of the state. And run like hell, because you're never going to win the enemy over. The enemy's decided that the enemy is smarter than the rest of us and wants us to pay for it. I'd also tell her to get a hold of the budget. And they find a lot of places in New York State where there won't be any new roads built by her, highway, by her, by her uh, whatever it's called, the Highway Department or Department of Transportation. That's one of the things I would do right away. I, I have to uh, ask you this as I wrap this up. Was it a mistake for the governor to sign off so early on the pay raises uh, for for the legislature? Should she have held that back to have something to bargain with? It told you that she is a person of her word, and she expected a fair deal. What she got was an unfair deal, and she got a power play. Now this battle may may turn itself up in the in the budget crisis, but in order for her to be in, in the budget that's coming, and we're going to have some real financial problems in the state and the city. This is going to be ultimately about who wins the argument. Do the people who want to maintain some sense of control win the argument, or do the people who want ideology to influence every decision we make? Are they going to control it? That's the battle. So let's see what happens. Hank Scheinkoff, we thank you so much for joining us this morning. Pleasure. And we are now opening up uh, the telephone lines on this issue as it relates to Governor Hochul and a few others that I'm about to detail for you in a moment, the uh, number to call, as always, is 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. A second story that I am watching this morning relates to the homeless in New York City. And apparently the NYPD is going to be trying a new tactic. And I support this. And the tactic goes like this. They are going to, the police are going to issue tickets to people who, homeless people who have more uh, than they can carry off in one trip or erect these uh, structures that you see. And the summonses are between $50 and $250. Now, already uh, advocates are screaming bloody murder. The Coalition for the Homeless, their executive director, David Giffen, says it's preposterous. Quote, it sounds like a very Giuliani-esque approach to the problem, and that's very concerning to those of us who are trying to protect the rights of those without homes. If it's going along the lines of Giuliani, I say bravo. 
because this is what we need to do. And so it, it basically goes like this. So we all know, we all know that uh, homeless people uh, don't have the funds to pay tickets. Now, th- this may sound cruel to some of you, and I, I acknowledge that aspect. But the hope, the hope is that uh, the people that would be threatened with these costly summonses, if they were not able to pay them, then there's the possibility that a judge may sentence them, may issue a a bench warrant uh, for the violator. So in other words, this is another way of getting around the homeless advocates to help get the homeless off the street. And it, it may sound cruel in, in some aspects, but I support this. Something has to be done, folks. It, it has to it has to stop. This issue has to stop. So we're dealing with that. That's the second issue. A third issue that we're about to start with your telephone calls, and it's 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Congressman Santos. Congressman Santos. So page one of the post, take a look online. There is a photo of Mr. Santos from many years ago dressed in a drag, dressed as a uh, drag queen in Brazil over a decade ago. Now, apparently he was never a professional drag performer, and apparently he only did it for fun and to dress up, apparently. But here is what I am concerned about. As it relates to Mr. Santos, there's a story uh, that's been out in the news cycle for about uh, 24 hours that two New Jersey veterans say that Santos raised money for life-saving surgery, $3,000, for one of their dogs in 2016 and then disappeared into thin air and took off with the money. And so... According to these two veterans, uh, one, a veteran of the Navy, uh, the, the dog, his pit bull, had a, uh, a developing uh, tumor in 2015, and it continued to grow. And uh, the man was homeless, living in a tent at the time after losing his job in, in a house. And apparently Santo started a GoFundMe page, and the money never made it back to the man for his dog, and the pit bull died. The dog uh, died, and to this day, the $3,000 that was raised in the uh, fundraiser never made it to the uh, veteran. A third story that I'm looking at this morning, uh, you know, we went through the situation with Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure you've heard by now a Philadelphia Flyers defenseman uh, boycotted the team's pride night the other night, citing his religion. He said that he respects everyone, a defenseman, a defensive man for the team. He was uh, widely criticized on social media. He would not wear the pride uh, warm-up jersey. And I, I, I just wish, I just wish that that the uh, that the athlete would have. Uh, put on the jersey, and he says he respects everyone. I want you to listen to what he had to say as well as his coach. 
I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. So. Can you just kind of fly over? Russian Orthodox. I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the organization, the, the beliefs that we have, uh, and how we feel about it. And really, a great night um, with Provi. Uh, uh, he he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. And it's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. Uh, and so that's, that's where we're at with that. Was there any consideration on your part when he chose not to wear the jersey to not play him as a result? No, no. I'm not going to answer him any more questions on it because I, I just think it's unfair. Uh, I know you're going to probably talk to Provi, but... Um, yeah, that, that, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I, I think it was a great night in celebrating. And the uh, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, Ivan Provorov, and he did not wear the uh, the Pride uh, pregame jersey or use the Pride stick for the warm-up. And so uh, he played in the game, but he stood by his conviction. I just wish that, that he would have... Um, I, I know some of you are going to take exception with this, but just put on the jersey. You're representing the team. Just like I said with Colin Kaepernick, don't take a knee. It's bigger than you. You know, Kaepernick, stand up. You're representing our country. This Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, you're representing the team. You know, that's that's just my take on it, folks. So we see all the calls. Let's see. Let's start. Let's start with our friend Larry in Brooklyn this morning. Good morning, Larry. What's on your mind? Well, a few things are on my mind. First of all, Don, I got to address this flyer issue because you you seem you know you you seem usually to have fair, balanced opinions, but in this case, it seems like you don't understand the meaning of religious beliefs. I don't know what religion you practice or if you practice a religion, but you seem to attribute very little uh, significance to it. No, it, it, it's not that. I, I feel that when you're representing a professional team, you have to do what's in the best interest of the team, period, not individual, team. And that's why I said Colin Kaepernick should have never have taken a knee, that that he should have Kaepernick, just like this Philadelphia Flyers player. You're, it's bigger than you. It's about the team. Okay. So you, I guess you also believe – that in 1965, you. Now, you lost, do, Dominic. Do, do you have anything else you want to say besides yes, I'm I not want, gonna, I want to You're you. not the host of the show, Larry. I'm not going to play this game with you. Go ahead. No, I have another thing. Go ahead. Move on. Go ahead. Move on. You're the host, like Go you said. Go ahead. All right. I want to know, maybe I'm politically naive, but why the hell would Kathy Hochul care if her nominee is shot down? She's a progressive, just like all the rest of them. She proved that in the entire Larry. 
you're you're asking a wonderful, great question, and here's the answer. Because she's early on in her tenure as governor, and if she loses this battle, she is a lame duck for the next four years. She is politically dead on arrival if she loses this battle. The legislature is telling her, in essence, so what, you were elected governor, you're not calling the shots, we are. And that's very, very dangerous. That's why I led with this. But, Larry, great question, and I, I appreciate you uh, for, for the uh, for the call. Let's go to our friend Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Um, thank you for hearing me. Um, uh, as far as I, I completely disagree with you, um, Fair which enough. is rare. Fair enough. That's okay. We can certainly disagree agreeably. Yes. And, um, yes. I, I, I just find that, um, let me say, for instance, uh, I know people don't want to say what about and so forth, but it, there's always relevance to it. So I don't know why people turn away from that so easily. I think it's easier sometimes not to deal with facts. If there was an, uh, in the NBA or the NFL, if, uh, some of the players wanted to wear thin blue line flags on their on their clothing. Do you think do you think they're meeting up or or let's say the management wanted them to? Do you think there would be players that wouldn't wear it? Okay, wait one more time because I want to make sure I got this right. So 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 <laughs> you're in saying, the NBA or the NFL? Okay, okay. Say uh, the team management wanted to have the players wear thin blue line flags. Okay. Yeah, symbol. That management. How many of them do you think would not wear them? But wait, Jennifer, when you say management, you mean the general manager and the team owner. Jennifer. Yeah. 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 You mean you mean management and the team owner. Correct. Okay. The bottom line is this: as long as as long as it's not, you know, crossing the line, violating some law. If the it's just the way I feel, Jennifer. Maybe we. Yeah, but maybe, my point is, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's I didn't okay. mean to speak. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I was just saying, you know, that there are players, particularly in the African American community, um, that would not wear that thin blue line flag, and they would not be harassed for it. They'd be put up on a pedestal and say how courageous they are and how you know they're doing the right thing because they don't believe. I, in, I, so, I hear so you. I I I, I I I I hear you, Jennifer. Just yeah. like. I'm proud of that young lady. Uh, I am proud of her in this case. Uh, the one that sued the soccer player, uh, she would not support uh, taking a knee for Black Lives Matter. Now that yeah. I, 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 you know, I really see, and she sued, and 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 they settled, and yeah. and she emerged victorious. And in my opinion, she did the right thing. She did the right thing. But on something like this, and I understand we 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 all have our own personal beliefs. But once, and you know what, maybe I have to be honest, Jennifer, maybe I'm clouded by the money, to be honest with you. But when, but, but when, but when you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars per year, whether it's hockey, baseball, football, whatever it may be, uh, uh, or, 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 or let's say, let's say right here at WABC, right? When all of us, we are team players. <laughs> Under WABC, and that is yeah. the bottom line. Period. Yeah, but also Dominic, you dabble in politics where you work, you know, in community yes. so forth. Yes, it, it, that's supposed to be a sport. So why do, why are they promoting a lifestyle? Like why are they promoting 
um, sexuality, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Um, keep in mind, my best friend, a female, is married to a female, and they have two children. Okay. So I'm just like, why is – and she's not into any of this. Um, you, you, know I, what, you know what, Jennifer? You're raising a great question. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is this. The team owner decided this is what they're going to do. And it is the team owner's team, period. Well, anyway, I respect the heck out of this guy. And you know the guy that that did stand, I can't think of his name, he put out a book. I want to say Jonathan, the African-American basketball player. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. It's okay, but but go ahead. He stood for the national anthem. And he, he, he wrote a book, I think, called Why I Stand. And um, he just says, it, it was, I, I heard excerpts and I heard him talk about it. He was, he was, it was so poignant and touching and he had such conviction and, and he stood by his convictions. He's a very faithful person. He's a Christian and he's a good human being. And I just had so much respect for him. Everyone else on his team would not stand for the national anthem. I forget what MBTA, NBA team he was on. I'm 90% sure his first name was Jonathan, but he was amazing to listen to. And it was very moving. And I think this guy, I think we need more people in this country, in whatever circumstance, not to be afraid to be bullied or shamed and to stand up for what they think is right in whatever way, shape, or form that is and how they live their life. Fair so thank you for thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Jennifer, for the call. Let's go to uh, Rob in Jersey City. Good morning, Rob. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I love you a lot, man. Um, Love you too, Rob. Thank team, you. Go ahead. Thank you. I'm a team player as well. Uh, I've always been, and I do everything I got to do for the company when I was working, everything else. But I cannot cross that line as a Christian myself, as she mentioned. I'm a born-again Christian. Once I read the Bible, I realized I cannot cross that line as far as uh, people being LGBT, whatever. That's fine. That's on them. As you mentioned earlier, the president or the uh, the owner of the team has the final say. But once that line is crossed with me, I also have the opinion or the, the, the chance to say, no, I cannot advocate for that. You know, if I have to lose my job, and, then so be and, it. And, and, I, and I, Rob, I respect you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I respect your, con- okay. I respect your conviction. Please continue. Uh, I have to stick to something that I believe in, just like the manager of a team would. But once that line is crossed, it it opens up doors for other lines, for other things. I don't hate none of these people. In fact, I've known many, and I, I you know, I befriend them because I have to. They're human beings just like me. But that particular line, once it's crossed, it it continues. It opens up other doors, and all of a sudden. People of faith in this country get trampled on. They say, oh, you're a prejudiced or this or that, you're a hater. I'm not. But I know what's behind the scenes when it comes to that. I'm not going to get into it, but I know what's behind the scenes. So once that line gets crossed on me, I don't care about the money. My faith overrules that a hundred times. Fair enough. Fair fair enough, Rob. I I appreciate your call. The one thing that I will say about uh, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, and I don't know if this was a team decision, and, uh, you know, uh, Matt Blaze and uh, Kenneth, maybe maybe you guys know, but, but I respect the fact, guys, that before we go to some more calls, that he apparently stayed. I didn't see the game that he apparently stayed in the locker room during warm-ups so there was no disruption to the team and then came out. You know, how it was noticeable, though, is that the team auctioned off the jerseys and the uh, sticks, 
and there was nothing from him because he refused to wear it. What do you guys think before we take a break here? Right. Well, well, with the NHL, they did come out and say, like, under their guidelines, a player has the right to participate or not participate in one of those type of nights that they have where they rep those jerseys for whatever the cause is. So, I mean, under that, he has the right to not do it. But me personally, dude, it's a rainbow jersey. Put it on, warm up, and get on with the game. To me, it kind of got he's kind of blown it out of proportion. And that that's the way I Kenneth, you and I agree. Matt Blaze? Yeah, I agree. I don't get the whole thing. It's it's I understand if that's a lifestyle that you don't want to have, but what do you care if other people have it? So what's the difference? How does that affect you? So, yeah, put the jersey on and get on with it. And, and that's the, that's it. So you don't believe in uh, gay marriage or 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 uh, the Bible, that's fine. It doesn't affect you. You, you know what I mean? It, you, I, I know not, exactly what you're saying. They're not. No one's coming out and saying, "Hey, why don't you become gay too?" What's the difference? Put those jersey on and carry on, and that's the end of it. Right. Right. Well, the the one thing that I will say, thanks, guys. The one thing that I will say that I was happy with the athlete was that. He didn't take the bait from the media. The media wanted to talk forever about this, and it would have been at his peril. So he made his statement, and then he said, if you have any hockey questions, I will answer any of those. And and he did say, he did say that he respects everybody, and and that's the right way to handle it. So I, I feel that the hockey player should have put on the jersey. Kaepernick should have stood up, certainly for the national anthem, and you know maybe hey I I don't know I I just feel guys I just it's just the way I feel if you're being paid millions of dollars to play professional sports you have an ability that very few people on earth have and you're representing it's bigger than you so for example the Giants in uh in Philly this weekend. You're not representing yourself only. You're representing the New York Giants. Exactly. When when the fans in Philly give you the uh, the one hand salute, it, it's your responsibility. And and hopefully all the cases it doesn't always happen to ignore that. You have to be professional. And so when 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 uh, when <laughs> when the owner says this is what we're doing. You get with the program. I mean, I'm sorry, folks, but what we have to do is take a break. Thank you guys for the perspective. We have to take a break. We see all the calls. We're going to do exactly that. We are discussing a number of issues this morning, and we will be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are dealing with a number of topics. One out of Albany. The judge that's been nominated by Governor Hochul to be the chief judge of the highest court in the state of New York. The progressives, and and this is really alarming. Everyone should be alarmed at what's going on because you call up here and you say Hochul's not doing anything on bail reform. Well, she's trying, but the legislature is telling her right now, uh, excuse me, ma'am, you don't run this state, we do. And the last time I checked, Hochul was elected governor of New York State, not Carl Hastie in the Assembly, not Andrea uh, Stewart-Cousins, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, not uh, Mike Giannaris, state senator and one of the leaders there. They stacked a panel by adding progressives to the committee to guarantee a vote that LaSalle would go down in defeat because they view him as too conservative and he's a moderate. And so the legislature is telling Governor Hochul, and folks, I'm not even dealing with the sexism of the matter because it looks awful. The first woman governor, they would have never have done this to Andrew Cuomo because they were too afraid of Andrew Cuomo because Andrew Cuomo played for keeps. And so now you have the first woman elected governor. She gives you a generous pay raise of, what, $37,000 per member, I believe. And what do you do? Your own party, she wants this chief judge, and this is the first time this has ever happened, and the progressives say, absolutely not. We're not giving it to you. No. Now what, Madam Governor? They are telling Kathy Hochul right now, you don't run the state of New York. We do. We're dealing with that. We're dealing with Congressman George Santos. It's becoming more and more embarrassing by the minute. And pretty soon, pretty soon, my party, the Republican Party, is going to own this Santos mess. And remember, the election is is, is coming up uh, uh, for, for Congress in just another two years. Santos, pictures, page one, New York Post, walking around in full drag, uh, allegedly stealing money, according to two veterans. He raised money on a GoFundMe page for a veteran who's a man whose dog was dying, uh, had a tumor, raised $3,000. The veteran never got the money. Santos allegedly did a disappearing act. And at the end of the day, no money, and the dog died. And we're also discussing... New York City is upping the ante as it relates to the homeless. They're going to start the NYPD issuing tickets to homeless people under certain situations. And, of course, everyone knows that they don't have the money to pay the ticket, but the logic is that once you don't pay the ticket, a judge may issue a bench warrant, a bench warrant, and then you will be arrested when you cannot pay the ticket. And I know it sounds cruel, but... My attitude is by any means necessary. Get them off the street. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. How are you tonight? Thank you for taking my call. I'm doing well, and thank you, Tony. I hope you're doing well. 
I am. Um, I thought this turnabout with Governor Hochul and the judge situation and your guest was amazing. So what we're seeing, and I, I don't know if this is just a Hochul thing, that's why I'm looking at it and saying, is this what's going on with the party or is this just her? That this faction, these Democrats are now moving out anyone who is more centrist and not leftist. You know, are you seeing this in other places or is this the first time you've seen it? It's really the first time, Tony, that I've seen it. But again, it's very scary because yeah. because why why have a governor? Why? And, and, and the first woman governor, she's been in office for what? A few days. And 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 you basically tell her you're powerless. We call the shots here. That's that's what they're telling this governor that you don't call the shots and that we don't care what, and, and they're offending us, Tony, because what they're saying to us is that we don't care that you want to change cash bail. We're not doing it. In fact, we're going more the opposite way, whether you like it or not. That's what they're telling. And so the only recourse we have, Tony, is that we have got to make sure that we vote. It's the only recourse that can turn this around. We're now dealing with an out-of-control legislature that is going too, too, too far to the left. Tony, I thank you for the call. And, of course, folks, we're discussing the situation where the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, hockey player, the defenseman, did not put on the uh, gay pride warm-up jersey um, and did not use the stick for warm-ups and and did not take part in warm-ups, saying that uh, for him it was religion and that he he was not going to support the uh, the pride events uh, going on for the uh, game. Let's go to Donna in New Jersey. Good morning, Donna. What's on your mind? Yes, hi. Good good, good morning, Dominic. Good morning, Donna. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to say that as as a Christian, I'm I'm on a team. I I'm on God's team. No, I, I, get, I get that, Donna. I get that. I get that. So you don't have to lay out that argument. I understand. But here's my question okay. to you. You are cashing a paycheck for $5 million a year from the team owner. You don't think that comes with responsibility besides your playing ability? Well, I would, I would say this, see, because Jesus said that you can't, you can't serve two masters. And when we get in a situation like that, because he, he signed up to play, not to, um, you know, not to represent um, the other side, let's just say, another team. So he has to make a decision right there because it's all about allegiance. Who is his allegiance to? Is his allegiance to God or his, is his allegiance to the team? Because when it comes to that at that level, um, you're talking about a level that's higher than any corporation um, or any anything on this earth. So you have to make the decision. If you're going to follow God, you've got to go. You've got to go all the way with it. And it's not that he stood there preaching to everybody. He simply just stated, "Look, my allegiance." What what he was basically saying was, "My allegiance is to God." And it's very important. If you read um, the New Testament, it talks more about being able to preserve your vessel that you live in, your body, in holiness before God, because God the Father is holy, and anybody who lives otherwise 
will not be able to see the face of God. So it, it is, it's, it's, a, it's, I say it's a, t- we're on a team, but it's not like a team where, oh, if you lose, you just go home and lose money. He's thinking of it um, in terms of eternal life. No, I, I, so I hear you, Donna. I don't wanna, but, we don't want to turn but, but Donna, but, but, but we can't pick and choose what issues we're going to be godly on. And, and, and you know, in everyone's life, there, there are some issues where we don't live, and thank you for the call, where we don't uh, live life exactly the way that, that um, the Bible or God feels that, that we should. And, and again, my, my overall point is that, so for example, corporate America, right? I do not feel that, that uh, for example, that, um, that African Americans in the corporate America field should be able to walk around with, with Black Lives Matter uh, T-shirts. Now, do you support that, folks? Because if you support the hockey player not supporting gay rights, then you got to support somebody wearing a T-shirt to work that you may not like. At, at wh- where do we draw the line? That is the question. Where do we draw the line? Dominic Carter here with you folks. We've got to take a break. We see the calls. We're going to try and get to as many as possible. When we come back, we will have our Carter Care segment, and then we're going back to the telephone calls to New Jersey, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Rockland, Philadelphia, and Nevada. WABC. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table, this is Carter Cares. And on this issue, folks, I'm siding with us, the American people. More city homeless people will be threatened, will be threatened with costly summonses, a new NYPD policy, and even jail, and even jail. So under certain situations, uh, if if you have an encampment or a, a ton of stuff with you, the police are now uh, apparently going to issue tickets to the individual Yes, we all know the homeless person does not have money to pay the ticket. Some will say the policy is cruel. I say we've got to look out for right now for us and to get the homeless people help. And how do you get them help? You've got to get them into services. And so if the fine isn't paid when a ticket is issued, then the logic says that a bench warrant would be issued for the violator who would then be hauled into court and potentially jailed if he or she can't cough up the money. And so, uh, as you already know, the advocates are up in arms. Uh, One advocate says it sounds very Giuliani-esque approach to the problem, and I say that is wonderful. That is fine. That is exactly what we need. We've got to get control of the problem. I'm not saying that you don't show compassion. You show compassion, but you've got to get them off the street, period. Let's go to Pamela in New Jersey. Good morning, Pamela. What's on your mind? Good morning. Um, Kathy Hochul and governors in the Democratic Party just learned something. There's no longer a party anymore. It's a movement, and they eat their own. Pamela, you you just hit it on the head. You are exactly uh, correct because it's it's disgusting. Hey, Pamela, answer this for me. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a woman, but... It seems quite sexist to me for the legislature to pull this power play 
on Hoku as the first woman governor, and she just was sworn in the other day. Is it sexist what they're doing? Well, see, it, 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 uh, w- the women, if they're thinking that that's going to matter, it doesn't matter with them. The the movement is more important. The whole is more important than the individual. They're out to change America in any way shape or form and a state legislature is no different than what we have nationally but but pamela please help me out here how could you want to change america where we have more homeless than ever on the street you have young kids that are acting a complete fool shooting each other shooting uh uh, uh, women children kids are dying uh, shoplifting is no longer a crime. I mean, what what is, I don't understand, how could you call yourself a leader? And, well, and- there used to be a group called anarchists, and I think that's what we have now, anarchy. And these are anarchists. They want this to go on. Uh, if you listen to the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, they want this to happen so that they can get control. If there is chaos, if there is anarchy, the power players can take control of the world, and that's what they're doing. And a state is no different than the world, local, state, national, and global. But, I mean, and, and you know what, Pamela, you, you, are, you are correct in terms of your assessment. I thank you for your call. But, I mean, think about this, folks. So you have a Democratic governor, a Democratic governor, and the progressives uh, in the legislature say, oh, you you want a gov- Democratic governor. This is who you want for judge. Uh, they're, su- they're fellow Democrats. Essentially, they're supposed to rubber stamp the process. That's what's supposed to happen. If anyone's supposed to put up the opposition, it's supposed to be the party, the opposite party putting up the opposition. And so you're going to say to the first woman governor of New York State, um, no, you, you don't really know what you're talking about. You don't know how to make these decisions. We'll make it for you. Your appointment for chief judge is dead on arrival. John in Nevada. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? Dominic. Uh, George Santos was reported today to have told a roommate in the past that he had a special alias he used when talking to Jewish people yes. because Jewish people would give him more money if they thought John, he was Jewish. John, let, let me just tell you this. There are so many, and, and I want to hear from all the people that called me up and said, oh, leave Santos alone, sent me emails. Why are you picking on him, Dominic? You know, the Democrats do this. John, I didn't report that. Because there are so many daily allegations as it relates to Mr. Santos. I'm trying to be fair. But but I cannot avoid it when when there's a picture of Mr. Santos in full drag on page one of the New York Post. You know, I, I can't get around the topic at, at that point. Yeah, and, he was a transvestite for sure. Well, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, John, those are your words. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is it's outrageous to say that this man should stay in office and in, in Congress. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Republicans, thank you for the call, John. Republicans are afraid that if he goes, Zimmerman will come right back in and thus, uh, uh, McCarthy's, uh, Four-seat lead will be down to three. 
I get it. I get it. Let's go to Russell in North Carolina. Good morning, Russell. What's on your mind? Well, as far as Santos goes, right is right and wrong is wrong. But um, as far as the uh, – I called you about the the whole NHL situation there. And telling a guy, hey, look, no, you have to do this. Well, 80 years ago, there was a guy in Germany who said, no, you have to do this. And people freaking bowed to him, not realizing what they were getting into. And look how that turned out. And I'm not calling this – but what I'm calling it as you give up your convictions and your beliefs, hey, you know, for a paycheck or for whatever it was, then look how that turns out, man. It's not good. I, so the guy I, shouldn't have to freaking give up his, uh, you know, his beliefs because, oh, you know, I heard Matt Blaze and everything. Oh, just shut up and play. Yeah, you know what? No, no, no. If you believe in something, you shouldn't have to be for, or, or against something. You shouldn't have to be forced because, oh, well, you get a paycheck. Well, what if they said, hey, well, okay, I'm not okay. going to get crazy. Hey, but- hey Russell, well, well, Matt Blaze is right here uh, to react to you. But, but he is getting a paycheck. <laughs> he's cashing, and, and, he's and, cashing and, the $5 million paycheck. He's getting a nice <laughs> to- paycheck. You're right, Matt. He's, and he, he's, he's a, little below you, a little below you in the pay scale. but Absolutely. But, um, not a little, a lot. But, uh, uh, okay, well, but no, but 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 you can't say hey, because think about back when Jackie Robinson broke in. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people who said, "Hey, no, nah, no, nah, he can't play, he can't play." So what if everybody just followed what but, was but, popular at the time? But this was just wearing a practice jersey and carrying the practice stick, and they're not saying to him, "Hey, listen, okay. you got to be gay now." He's just saying, "I respect all people." Well, maybe you don't respect well, all people well, if you can't well, res- if you can't wear a jersey. That shows gay pride. And let the church say amen. Hey, Russell, we thank you for the call. I'm short on time, Russell. I apologize. (laughs) Joining me right now, and we have a lot of calls. I'm going to try and get to as many as we can. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Hello. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Dominic. What do you have coming up? All right. Well, we uh, are going to do another one of our uh, congressional alumni panels next hour. Wait a minute. I'm pissed at you. Oh, boy. I'm pissed at you because you kept me up. I'm, another night, I'm sitting in the driveway, the pitch black, you know there are no lights in Rockland County on the streets, and, and, and I'm sitting there listening to you and Attorney Lickman go on and on and on, but it was a, it was a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I got a lot of feedback, both positive and negative on that interview, as you negative. might imagine. What, 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 what's the negative? Uh, I, I, don't I think uh, our friend David in the Bronx said it was the most offensive interview that I've ever conducted. So uh, was, you people should one, be the judge. It was one of the best interviews well, you've conducted. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, but, we'll um, finish what you have so, coming up. Uh, but you know what I'll do? I'm going to get you a radio so that you don't have to sit in your driveway <laughs> so that you can go in and actually just listen on the radio. You, you, want, you want to hear something yeah. crazy? Yeah. This is I, I got to get with technology. I mm-hmm. really – so I was – and I'm embarrassed to admit this. I was fascinated today. So as we all do, we listen to Cats at Night. Sure. Because it's must-listen-to radio yeah, for, for Best guests on any show. Yes. So it's it's 5 o'clock, and I'm listening to Mr. Katsimatidis and Sid, and I got my radio on. But I clicked online, and I never do it. And I left it on. It stayed on for about two hours. And I was in total amazement that I could listen to the radio station <laughs> Online. Hey, hey, uh, 
it's amazing. Uh, uh, you know, pretty soon you'll get a mobile phone. It's really wild. All right. Um, so let me tell you, we got uh, former Congressman Anthony Weiner and former Congressman Thaddeus McCotter, one Democrat, one Republican. We're going to chat about uh, some of the issues facing D.C., including these uh, brinksmanship over the debt ceiling and where that goes. So we're going to get into that in a big way. We're going to uh, talk aliens with Bill Burns, one of our most popular guests on the continued fallout from this UAP report that was released last week. And President Obama's production company actually producing a documentary about an interracial couple that was abducted by aliens. And a lot of folks are asking the question, why are the Obamas doing this? Uh, Clearly, you know, might indicate that they know a little something. Additionally, uh, we're going to go to Atlantic City. We're going to talk to my friend Scott Cronick. A lot going on down there, including these whales continuing to wash up on the beaches and a big debate as to what's causing it. So we're going to get to that. And our weekly sit down with Brian Kilmeade. He'll give us a playoff preview and uh, take us through the news of the day. Well, I look forward to it. Let's you and I get to as many calls as we can. Steve in New Jersey. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Hey, look, like as a fellow GOP here, I'm concerned about George Santos, and I'm all for a broad ethics investigation of how, how uh, him and he and other House members to clean out the House that was soiled to a new level by ex-capo Nancy D'Alessandro Pelosi. Let's look at her first, Dominic, before we get to Santos. Okay, but wait. I want her to- okay, but wait, Go Steve, ahead. but I, I hear you on Pelosi. I hear you. But even for Pelosi... This guy is in a whole other club by himself. And so to make comparisons, I mean, this guy, this guy, I, 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 Steve, I just, are are we that partisan where we don't see the Santos factor and what it means? Dominic, I just said, I see the Santos factor, but you know, you're letting people who've done a lot worse things potentially, or I did, or get, get away with it. But for example, she should have to explain in front of the cameras why she refused the National Guard two days before January 6th, which led to the sense okay, of killing Okay, okay, Steve, 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 I, I, I hear you, Steve, I, I hear you. But, but that, that's a policy issue, right, in terms of what happened. This dude is a total fraud, phony, pathological liar that should have never been elected. Folks, keep it right there. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight, right after Alex Bernard and news headlines. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 